Jesus, you are our master and Lord. Our whole life as people of God together is bound up in you. We want to live for you, Jesus. Instruct us by your holy word. Thy word is life. It is light to our souls. We ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher this morning. We only, not only sense our need and dependence upon the Spirit, but we're thankful for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon His Word. We gather together in this precious hour to look at our Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We begin where our theme verse is found in Colossians chapter 3. For those of you joining us this morning, we have been speaking all the brothers on a basic theme of Christ, our life. And the scripture that reveals this is found in Colossians chapter 3 and actually verse 4, but we'll read the first four verses. Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Brothers and sisters, we have a wonderful secret. And though we live in this world as all those who are around us, yet our whole basis of life is on a different plane. It's a secret that the world doesn't understand. But it's a secret that the Holy Spirit has revealed since Jesus died and rose again. We find that as we live in this world, there's a contrast in almost everything that goes on among us. As we see in this passage, we're living in this world, but we live 
but hidden life. There's a secret that we have. Christ is our life. Now it's a secret because when you look around, you don't automatically see that Christ is your life. It's hidden in many ways. But notice what it says in verse 4. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. What an amazing thought. One day there will be the revealing of Jesus Christ when he comes back to this earth. Now see, even that, the coming of Jesus is a secret that the world does not know. But you and I are intricately caught up in that secret because we'll be revealed as well. And all who see will look at us. And they will say, it's you, but it's not you. It's Christ revealed in you. Now Paul says, that's, that's his secrets in Galatians 2.20, right? I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer me. But it's Christ living in me. But yet I live. You see me? I'm alive. But it's not me. It's Christ living in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we see that there's a contrast in the world. There are those who can sing with all their heart, Living for Jesus, a life that is true. This is our great secret as we gather around and think about this matter of Christ, our life. Because we live in this, but because it's a secret, we're not always aware of this reality. And when Paul addresses the various churches that he writes to, it's apparent that not all of the Christians are quite aware of this mystery of Christ within you, the hope of glory. But Paul is a very wise teacher. And one of the methods he used to try to illumine this truth is by contrast. So we'll turn to three scriptures where Paul contrasts this life we now live. In Romans chapter 5, we come to verses 17. 
Now, Paul has been making this contrast between those who live in Adam and those who live in Christ. It's a contrast of races, as it's called in the Bible. It turns out that the two primary races in terms of eternity are those in Adam and those in Christ. And so he makes some contrast to help us see how wonderful is this truth that Christ is our life. Now in verse 17, he makes a contrast between the wages of sin and the gift of righteousness. For if by the transgression of the one, that means Adam, death reigned through the one, Adam again, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, that is, Jesus Christ. Now there's the one, Adam. He's the father of all mankind. We all belong to Adam. Oh, except those who are in the one, Jesus Christ. But what a, a difference in our lives. By the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. So the wages of sin is death. And everybody in Adam must pay those wages. Unless, unless Christ paid those wages of sin for you, and by faith is exchanged the gift of righteousness through Jesus Christ. Now in this world, we all have to take wages, right? Now probably most of you here, you make wages probably almost a million dollars a year. But wouldn't you rather stay home and receive a gift of a million dollars a year? Instead of the wages of death, we've been given the gift of life. Aren't you glad it's a free gift? Now all of us were born into Adam. And unless we come and are born into Christ, 
身在基督里, will face the wages of death. But through Christ, we've received eternal life through his amazing grace. And verse 18, Paul continues this contrast. And actually at the depth of it, it's a contrast of our conscience. So then it's through one, Adam, transgression there resulted in condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness, Christ, there resulted justification of life to all men. What's the matter with Adam? He's got a guilty conscience. He knows he's under condemnation. We had that wonderful opening word this morning. There was a woman caught in adultery. Do you think she sensed condemnation? She knew the stoning was coming. That's what people in Adam feel like. They know that something bad is going to happen. That guilt works in their heart. They live in the gloom of condemnation. You see somebody in the world? You say it's a beautiful day. They say, yeah, but it's raining somewhere. They're always under that condemnation. They made 10 billion bucks. But they're not so happy about it. Because they cheated and swindled. Now they know 87,000 more IRS agents are out after me. So everybody in their conscience feels I'm guilty. When I was a teenager, I'd be driving down the road. And I hear a siren in the background. I, I knew it because I was speeding. I was going to get a ticket. So one time I pulled over to the side and it was just an ambulance going by. Do you like always feeling guilty? No, but wait a minute. By one act of righteousness by Christ Jesus, it says there, we have been justified of life. Justified. You know, in English, we say justified means just as if I'd never sinned. I know many of you were saved when you were just a little child. For me, I was saved when I was 20 years old. 
And when I found out my sins were truly forgiven by the blood of Jesus, I felt a weight come off of me of condemnation. So now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Then we can truly say, because of Christ, not guilty. Now in this passage of contrast, we just turn to verse 21 to show a third one. It has to do with reigning. What is reigning over us? Now in verse 21 we see, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in Adam, sin reigns over us because we know we're going to die because of our sin. But in Christ Jesus, the abundance of grace has given us new life. So you see the contrast of Christ our life. How wonderful to live in Christ Jesus. But turn to another passage, very familiar, shows the contrast in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 17, we're all familiar with this scripture. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Paul is expressing something in some precious words to describe the change of atmosphere that we've come into in Christ Jesus. It's like being in a new creation. The atmosphere is different. The sky is more blue. Things are so different. My son and my grandson just got back from Iceland. And they went out on the Faroe Islands. They say the world is completely different there. Everything from the from the breath and the, the smell in the air and the, the mountains and, and all, all those things. Now you see Paul is sharing this with the Corinthians. Now they're Christians, but it's possible to not live in the new environment of the new creation. You remember he mentioned just a few contrasts in that passage in 2 Corinthians 5. 
For one thing, he says, in the new creation, we no longer look at each other according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's a whole other viewpoint, right? He says that in in Christ, our our attitudes have changed, our ambitions have changed, our lusts have changed. He also confesses that in Christ, in the new creation, we have a new love of Christ that constrains us. Now, are you living in that new creation? What a wonderful place. But it shouldn't just be a dreamland, it should be our secret. And then a, a third passage that shows contrast in Colossians chapter 1. We're all familiar with these things. In verses 12 and 13, it talks about us the contrast of two kingdoms. Paul says we're giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he has rescued us from the domain or kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. This is a tremendous claim. We've actually been snatched out of one kingdom and we've been placed in the kingdom of the beloved son. But you know, the, the Colossians had had this change because everybody who's born again has had this change of kingdom, but not everybody realizes it. I wonder what would happen if we really could see this happen.我我不知道我们如果真的可以看到这个事情发生的话，会是如何？ So last Saturday, there were a few people who were snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and were put into the kingdom of His beloved Son through the gospel.啊，上一个礼拜六有几位就是借着福音聚会的时候，从那个黑暗。全世的国度里头被救了出来，被迁到了一个他神爱子的国里。Thank God we can preach the gospel, but sometimes we don't realize the tremendous change.我们感谢主，我们可以传福音，可是我们经常没有理解到那一个很大的一个转变。And then on the following day on Sunday, suddenly we had testimony among the teenagers who went up to Toronto.然后我们接下来的那一天是主日。now most of them went up there saved, and they came back saved, but they realized a little bit more how precious is the new kingdom of Jesus that they live in. And so, brothers and sisters, we live in a tremendously different world 
than the rest of the world. 哦，弟兄姐妹，我们活在这个国度是跟我们世上的这个呃人世人所理解的国度非常不一样。And we need to understand when the world just doesn't comprehend why you act so crazy. 呃，我们也要看见世人有的时候就不能够理解，好像我们发疯了一样。It's because Christ is your life. Oh, because Christ is your life. So I want to make a, 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 a clarification by way of contrast this morning. Oh, so I hope we can use this comparison to remind us. In order to define Christ, our life. According to Paul's description in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, under Paul, in Corinthians chapter 2, what he described. Because it's true that the Corinthians were living in the new kingdom, but they didn't always realize it. Oh, because Corinthian people, they were also living in this new kingdom, but they didn't always realize it. And so Paul wants to make a contrast. So Paul wants to make a contrast. Now here's how I'm going to put it. Oh, this is what I want to say. He wants to contrast the natural man and the supernatural man. Oh, he wants to contrast the natural man. 呃，自然的一个人，非要对比一个是一个呃呃奇妙的人。Now that's the way I'm going to use the contrast to see, show the difference. 所以我想要用这样子的对比来表示。Paul actually uses these terms: the natural man and the spiritual man. 保罗是说那个啊自然的人还有属灵的人。Now they both live on this earth. But I want to use the term supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. Ah, I want to use the word supernatural to describe that life where Christ is our life. They're foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. 然而属血气的人，就是我们讲的这个自然的人，呃，不领会神圣灵的事，反倒以为愚拙，并且不能知道，因为这些事唯有属灵的人才能看透。Now, the natural man, as Paul is defining here, is not really natural at all. 呃，这个保罗这里说，这个属血气的人，其实他们呃呃，并不是呃自然的。What is a natural man? 属血气的人是谁呢 ？Actually, in God's sight, it's a man who's created spirit, soul, and body. 哦，按照神的呃创造，呃，神给人就是有灵、有魂、有体。Who lives by the union of his spirit within, and out of that spiritual power, his soul and his body. Move and act. Oh, he should be with God's spirit, and through God's spirit, he can express his body. So that's how God created man by nature. So that's the true natural man. Oh, this is what God created man by nature. But now, when Paul talks of the natural man, he's talking about a man who lives according to this world. 可是当保罗说这个属血气的人，他是在讲那些按照这个世上方法来生活的那些人。He is acting out of his fallen nature. 啊，他乃是活在一个他的啊他自己堕落的一个啊啊啊他的他的本性里。He relies on the strength of his fallen nature. 
And he does what comes natural. Now you see, the world lives as the natural man. By the strength of my personality, the strength of my mind, the strength of my emotion, my willpower, that's how the natural man lives. And that's why the world is going to die in their condemnation from sin. The natural man just does things natural to him. But the natural man only has one problem. Do you know what it is? Well, God has not left himself without a witness even among sinners. Because God has placed into every man a conscience. It's at the borderland of the heart and the spirit, a conscience that can be quickened and touched by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit has come to con convict that conscience of sin, righteousness, judgment. Now the world doesn't like to live with a, a guilty conscience. And so all the forces of the devil are working in this world to eliminate one word. What's that word? If the devil can eliminate this one word, we have no problem with conscience. Sin. That's the one word. Do you notice how the world is eliminating sin? Even in the United States, they're trying to remove a sense of God consciousness for, as our foundation and as our very life. So we say, sin is no longer sin. It's just mistakes we make. Because if there's no sin, there's no wages. If there's no wages, there's no consequences. So you see, we have a big thing going on in the United States about this matter of abortion today. Nobody steps up and says, the first line of problem with abortions is it's a sin to have sexual relations outside of marriage. No, no. Sexual relations is okay. 
And of course, one of the consequences of natural is you might get naturally pregnant. The guy says, I'm not responsible. The woman says, I'm not responsible. It was mother nature. So we don't have to keep the child. We don't care about the life of an unborn. Because there's no sin, all there is is me. I care about me. My life. Bearing a child would be so inconvenient. Let's go back to what you did with somebody. But you see how we get into this mess. So what can we say? If somebody stood up in Congress and says, I just want you to know that sexual immorality is a sin. They'd immediately impeach that guy, wouldn't they? They say, you're crazy. What sin? Meanwhile, every dear little girl who gets pregnant through sexual immorality feels guilt. They try to erase sin from their conscience. It won't go away. It's such a large problem, but just one example. We're coming to the place we have a sinless society. So now they made a rule in New York City. Shoplift, but only for under a thousand bucks. You won't get in trouble. Now that makes me mad. Because my drugstore around my corner has closed because too much stuff was stolen. So CVS closed on my block. But you know, no, no more sin. Somebody does something wrong, you take him to court and say, bad boy, go get out of here. Well, I don't want to start preaching on this. It wasn't my intent. My intent is to show that God's estimate of the natural man is no good. When God sees the natural man, He writes the word cross. Over that. The natural man has to be eliminated by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Now the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit. Now what is the Greek word for natural man? Probably, many of you know this Greek word, suke, which when we get psychology, it means the soul. 
So literally, Paul saying, the soul man does not understand the things of the spirit. So you see, there are soul men and there are spiritual men. Now when the Spirit of God speaks, it says, that's a sin. The soul man doesn't, what, 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 what? They don't hear. Now in 1 Corinthians, the problem is that the church is living like the natural man. So Paul uses the cross of Christ to make the contrast between the natural man and the spiritual. Paul says, when he preaches the gospel of the cross, the Greeks, are so strong in their natural mind. They're so deep in their philosophy. When you tell them Jesus had to die for your sins, they say, ah, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. You see, people who are using their brain alone, can't understand the things of God. But when he preached the gospel to the Jews, the Jews took offense. Why? But their soul is so strong with religious zeal. I'm going to be saved by good works. The cross says, you're all sinners. You're all going to die in your sins unless you come to Jesus and repent and believe. Then when Paul says, your Messiah had to die for your sins, they were scandalized. They couldn't believe it, and they rejected it. However, Paul could speak these spiritual mysteries to those who were spiritual. And this is the higher ground of the life of a Christian. Reigning in life through Christ Jesus. That's what we read in Romans 5, right? Reigning in life. It's life on supernatural ground. If you have a choice of living on supernatural ground, we're living on natural ground. Now, which one will you choose? Now, many Christians choose the natural life. But you should know that the cross is upon all of our natural life. 
The cross vetoes out all of our natural life. Because the natural life is at enmity with God. Paul says, if the rulers of this world understood the things of the Spirit, they never would have crucified Christ. That's the leaders of the world. But even more terrible, Paul has said, if you Corinthians were living in the Spirit, you would hear these things and not be arguing like little babies in the natural man. What a contrast, the natural man, the supernatural man. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. We see the contrast there. Think about these words. Man fell. What a dreadful thought, man. He used to live a higher life when he lived in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? Now his feet were on the ground, he was living there in the Garden of Eden. But he was living on a higher plane. He was living in such a blessed way. Imagine every afternoon he's talking to God. That's higher life. He, he's receiving the blessings of the abundance of life. There was so much to see. He was a zoologist. Checking out all the animals. He was a botanist, checking out all the plants. The tree of life was there. So in order for him to eat, to change from the natural into the spiritual. And of course, he had Eve there. And that was a lot to check out too. Life on a higher plane. Full of adventure, full of growth, full of knowledge. All with the tree of life in the center of the garden. And then man fell. What a change of atmosphere. They, they were in the same place, but it was no longer the same place. The atmosphere had changed. There was an atmosphere of blame. The man said, the woman did it. The woman said, the, the serpent did it. So there was division. So 
所以他们需要去花劳力。So Adam lived in the natural man. How long did he live? Anybody know? years in the natural man. Oh, there was a lot to learn. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But everything you learn has a twist to it that isn't right. Twist是自我。哦，how Bigger than this whole world. My feelings, my thoughts. Oh, just ask me how I'm feeling. Well, is this and is that or this? Oh, we love to talk about ourselves. We love to learn about ourselves. We take psychology so that we could be more neurotic. It's a lifetime learn about the self. I remember one time I went to, I was in Russia, and I went to a funeral. My brother got up there to preach the gospel during a funeral. He says, you see that box there? It's less than two meters long. And yet it holds the body of our dearly beloved. That cask is only two meters long. But all the world cannot contain the size of a man's soul. Then he preached about how sinful our souls were. Well, Adam and his family, they had to leave the garden and they felt the guilt of their conscience and sin. But Paul speaks to us of better things. How could we go from the natural man? To the supernatural man. Well, let's turn to one more passage. Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul shows us how God did it. Now in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul gets to the very essence of the gospel of salvation. But before he can share of our new life in Christ, he has to share where we were in Adam. Now, 
And so let's look at each each passage. Verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, I don't know what you think sin is. But David had it right. He said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Now it's true, he, you remember that in the song. Of course he sinned against Bathsheba. Again, of course he sinned against Uriah. But no, he knew the truth. Unto thee only have I sinned against. 哦，他知道，虽然他是的确是对这个啊，巴士巴还有对那个乌利亚，他的确是犯罪了。可是他是知道他所犯罪的是针对神。In the Old Testament, we see the three dimensions of sin in three wonderful words in Hebrew.所以我们在希伯来书里头有三个字非常奇妙的讲到这个。The first has to do with the sin of our body, then the sin of our soul, then the sin of our spirit.哦，就是第一个是讲到。when we sin with our body outwardly, the Bible in the Old Testament calls it pesha, or transgression. The word transgression means you've crossed the line. See, trans in there? You've crossed over the line. This is the neighbor. This is your property line. You crossed over it and stole something. That which belonged to God, you transgressed, went over the line. You did what you weren't supposed to do. So transgression is an outward act of disobedience. And you know, there are the offerings for this, for transgressions in the book of Leviticus. But sometimes we transgress without even realizing it. Paul says, I sinned in ignorance. But sin goes deeper. There's a sin of the soul. That word is hata in Hebrew, which means falling short. Just like the Greek word we all know, harmartia, which means falling short of the glory of God. It's the same idea. You know, Romans 3.23, you've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now you may think God doesn't care. But he created you with a definite purpose. And with definite works to do. And every day your life falls short of that glorious purpose. You've sinned against him. What are you just wasting your life? 
He's destined you for glory. Whenever we fall short, miss the mark. It's a sin against your Creator. You've fallen short. But there's even a deeper word. It's the word that we translate iniquity. The word in Hebrew, awan. Iniquity. And it means an inner twisting and perversion of things. Inner, inner, inner twisting of things. Uh, just by, by we have iniquities because we twist everything from the We can make a lie the truth and the truth a lie. And that's the sin of the spirit. Now, I know I'm taking a little time here, but look at Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. And you'll see all three words. David says, How blessed is he whose transgression, Pesha, is forgiven, whose sin, Hata, is covered. So you crossed the line, it was forgiven. And you came short, but it was covered. But iniquity is the deepest sin. Notice verse 2. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute Awan, iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now why does Paul say, start off the gospel with, and you were dead in your transgressions and sins? Now let me ask you a question. Before you became a Christian, did you know you were dead? Before you were a Christian, did you, did you know you were fallen? You see, these things have to be seen when the Holy Spirit, when we're born again. How could you be dead and not realize it? Well, it says in the next phrase, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you formerly walked. Well, that's the problem. You were the walking dead. You were a zombie. You were dead, but you were still walking. But where are you walking? 
According to the course of this world. Now you see, the world has worked out a path for you. It's a wide, broad path that leads to destruction. And that course, that path, is all downhill. And so Adam can live 930 years and think he's alive and he's a walking dead. And so he walks down Broadway. He walks down Hollywood. He walks down to Washington, D.C. All of these roads are deadly roads. Washington, D.C. We got some folks near from that. But wait a minute, who dug out that road anyway? Oh, that's the next phrase. According to the prince of the power of the air. Do you have it there? In Ephesians chapter 2? Yes. According to the prince of the power of the air. So, the enemy, Satan himself, has built this road for us to walk in as the living dead. So don't think we're just walking according to the world. The devil's behind our walking according to the world. I read an article the other day that says that the devil has five lies. That he speaks to you 24/7, especially during the pandemic. You hear any of these lies? Number one. I don't matter. Number two. Nobody cares. Number three. I can't. Number four, God won't. Number five, it's too late. All the time it lies in your mind. Paralyzing you from taking some action. And this spirit is a spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So every time a Christian rebels, they're actually following these spirits that are leading us astray. Now, this gets very practical. How many of you feel a sense of resistance when it comes to joining the prayer meeting? Reading your Bible. Witnessing somebody. Doing some good work. We sense a little resistance. It's very hard to open my Bible just to read in the morning. I don't know why. It's so hard to open it up. There's a rebellious spirit in the air. Our young people have to go through a lot. There's an atmosphere of rebellion. 
Have I told you about our teenage schizophrenics? When they get together in Toronto, all our Christian teenagers love the Lord with all their heart and sing all day and night. Sometimes when they come home, they mingle with their worldly friends and you can almost see a change coming over them of rebellion, of resistance. Well, it's bad enough that the world has us dead and the devil has us dead, but our own flesh is killing us as well. So Paul says in Ephesians 2.3 Among them we too all formerly walked in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest of the world. Now, how did God bring us out of all of that? Well, my time's up. I'm going to have to leave you in the ditch. Dead in your trespasses and sin. I don't know if you're going to get saved. But I'm only through with half my notes. The other way was the way up. It's going to have to remain a secret for another time. I'll just give you one hint. We are all by nature children of wrath. That's the end of the sentence. But here is the holy conjunction. But God. The conjunction is but. God. You understand? We were by nature children of wrath. End of sentence. That's your judgment. God says, no, no, no. Erase the period. Put a comma. But God. That's not the end. That's not the end of your sentence. It goes on. But God being rich in mercy. Now we'll have to leave the rest. You'll have to figure it out. Probably if you read Ephesians 2, you'll get the answer. I'm sorry I took too long on the negative side. Because we don't want to live in the natural man. We want to live in the supernatural man. In the spiritual man. On a higher plane. Are you living on a higher plane? Uh, don't be one of those Christians who drags down the Christian name. If you're living like the world in the natural man, shame on you. Lift up your eyes to the heights of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Let's get up on higher ground. Let's just have a couple of prayers. Asking the Lord to bring us to higher ground. Uh, 让神可以带我们进入那更高的层面。